Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. What is everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 170 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm Dylan Lark, at your boy Tank on Twitter, and I'm here joined by Mr. John Conley, John Lee himself. John, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. I'm I'm excited to be here, filling in for uh for Mr. Tar here. I love getting to pop in here and and chat with you boys about uh, about good old uh, barn athletics. For a guy who does not uh, does not follow Auburn as close as the rest of us do, but uh, an honorary Auburn fan, if you will, uh, Georgia Southern alum, Mr. Mm-hmm. John Conley. Uh, and we got people in the chat already. Uh, Chris Cosby feeling very loopy this evening. And what's up, James? How you doing, man? And just to get right into Auburn football, spring practice starts on Tuesday. Uh, and that's going to be the first day, and t- and that's going to be the first day. You're going to have three days of this week, and then the rest of the weeks up until April 6th, which is going to be the annual A-Day game, which if you are a sicko like me, you are going to be there in attendance. Hopefully the rain stays away because my girlfriend says that she will not be attending if it is raining again. So uh, let's pray for good weather on A-Day. But just to get right into it, John, I had you make a little list of, of some players that we are we are expecting to break out during the spring cycle. So I'll let you go ahead and kick it off with one of your guys. Yeah. So the first guy that I have here um, is Kyan Lee. I really think that with all the guys that you're having leave in that secondary, uh, whether it's to the draft or, or otherwise, it just really opens up an opportunity for pretty much anyone to get in here and, and get those reps and get that opportunity to um, really progress and, and, get up in this lineup. And I think Kyan Lee's a guy that can just come in here. And I mean, if he has a good camp, especially with, with a lot of these young receivers coming in, like he really has a chance to, to show up and show out and can just really progress through and, and potentially could start going into the next season. Yeah. Kindly a guy that I, I think a lot of us can agree. We were very hyped up on him. I know Tar is probably one of Tar's favorite players from that last recruiting cycle flipped from Ohio state as a defensive back, so uh, a lot of a lot of huge pickups from that class, and Kyan Lee definitely one of the best ones to come to Auburn. And the guy I'm going to go with, and uh, it's going to be a theme for mine. Uh, it's all class of 2024 guys, uh, both transfer portal and on the in the recruiting cycle. Uh, starting with going to go with deep stick with defense here. I'm going to go Laquan Robinson, the JUCO product who committed to Auburn uh, in this class as well, and a guy who I look at as a starter day one uh what he adds to auburn in the secondary as a safety 
is just outstanding. Uh, you're, he's going to probably be playing that strong safety role, what we've seen Zion Puckett and uh, Smoke Monday play, but he can do what they can do and more because I, I don't think I'm going to be looking at Laquan Robinson very much this season and think, dang, he blew that coverage. Dang, he missed an assignment. Zion Puckett, on the other hand, I did, definitely had a lot of moments during the season where I thought he did that, Smoke Monday as well. Uh, but Laquan Robinson, he does exactly what those two can do at the strong safety position, but as another level with the coverage aspect of it. Yeah, no, I like that pick a lot. I think I think this secondary is going to have such a, a different look, and I think for the most part it's going to be in a very positive way. I think the guys that you've brought in over the past two years, um, last year's recruiting cycle and then this year's recruiting cycle and, and transfer cycle, I really think that you're going to have a really strong group that not only is going to be a strong group, but they're stronger that's going to get to kind of grow together, right? They're going to be here for a few years, and so that's what I'm really excited about with this uh, with the secondary group. Um, but for my next pick, I'm going to move up the line, um, and I'm going to go with a uh, defensive, one of our transfers here, uh, Gage Keys. Um, I really think that he has an opportunity to come here um, as a transfer and just with his size and his power um, from Kansas and and the way that they ran their defense, just being able to really kind of get through. And I think he'd be really, really strong against the run. Um, I'm excited to see kind of what happens in camp. You, you have a, a whole plethora of new defensive linemen coming in. So um, just seeing what he can do to kind of separate himself from the bunch is kind of what I'm really excited for. Yeah. Gage keys alongside of Cheryl Carter, two of those big boy transfers coming from the big 12. Uh, Gage keys, the guy I think will probably come in uh, uh, probably after Trill on the depth chart, but definitely a guy I think is going to be part of that rotation because when it comes to defensive linemen and offensive linemen, you have to constantly rotate those guys in and out. And I think Gage keys definitely going to be a huge pickup and a guy I'm really looking forward to watching and see how I, I love watching guys from other conferences uh, come to the SEC and kind of see how how that shift goes into play. I know the Big 12 not defensively, probably not too yeah. different for the SEC in some aspects, especially the defensive line position. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it is a lot of fun to see how those guys react. Uh, but another guy I'm looking at is uh, Demarcus Riddick, uh, the freshman out of Chilton County, uh, four-star, uh, as a guy, just athletic monster of a linebacker. Uh, can do anything on the field. I know it's about the Quan Robinson, but that's what happens whenever you recruit two athletic dudes. Uh, I, I think he's a guy who can compete for that starting job right away. Uh, I know we, Eugene Asante is got is pretty cemented in that role, but uh, Austin Keys, I, I think that if he doesn't uh, stop Demarcus Riddick, I think what he offers already as an 18 year old at, at Auburn University, I, I think that I, I think that pretty much sets in stone that I mean. You, this recruiting class is going to be huge for years to come. And and I think it starts right there with a couple other guys on the offensive side of the ball, but also DeMarcus Riddick for defense. One of my favorite parts about DeMarcus Riddick and a lot of these linebacker guys that we got here is that they are sideline to sideline type players. They can start on one side of the field and be wherever the ball is on the other side of the field. They are athletic. They are, are freakish. Um, and uh, DeMarcus Riddick's just kind of like the epitome of that, right? It's super, super quick. Very athletic, had seven sacks, I think, this last year. Um, just played really well. So I'm, I'm excited about that, too. I, I like that pick a lot. Uh, for me, I'm going to go on the offensive side of the ball here for my second pick. I'm going to go wide receiver. And it's a guy from uh, from one of my from my alma mater's rival school here up in uh, in Georgia, up in Atlanta, uh, with Robert Lewis. Robert Lewis is, is really good. I really like his route running ability, his ability to separate, get the ball. He tore us up the past two years um, at Georgia state. Now the final score of those games did not reflect that, uh, but they, uh, he, he plays very, very well. He's very quick. He's a guy that I could see with 
Um, you get in a few of these freshmen in. I, I don't know that he's going to be some, you know, prolific, game-changing type guy, but he's definitely a dude that you could see could impress early in spring, especially when you don't have, um, you know, a couple of your guys coming in yet until the summertime. So just use, utilizing the springtime to really kind of get yourself established. You've been in college football for a couple of years. It's going to give you a little bit of advantage, too, um, over Cam Coleman and, and Bryce Kane. And so just giving you that ability um, to go in there, I think he'll have a strong spring. Yeah, and I think – I think I looked at all the guys that came in at just the wide receiver position alone. Robert Lewis and I think Bryce Kane are probably the only two outside of Dylan Gentry, of course. And, you know, we, this is a Dylan Gentry uh, fan base over here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only real slot receivers Auburn was able to get. I know you, bring, you brought back uh, Jay Fair, uh, who was Auburn's best wide receiver last year. Uh, I would say best receiver, but that was Revolta Fairweather. But best receiver out of the slot uh, just what he what Auburn was able to do last year with the slot position uh I I do think Robert Lewis was at another level of speed uh which I I don't think you were missing with Robert with uh, Jay Fair but definitely helps you not skip a beat especially with Caleb Burton coming off mm-hmm. in that rotation as well so you got a nice little trio of speedy veteran players now in the league so it's gonna be a lot of fun but moving out to the outside of of Robert Lewis I'm gonna stick with the my not my nice little uh uh, pattern I got going on here. Cam Coleman is a guy I am really looking forward to see, and I think I am not alone in saying that because I can I can probably count an entire fan base uh, if, if they were all to raise their hands, it'd probably be unanimous. And the player that they are most excited to watch play for Auburn uh, during the spring, sadly, Perry Thompson will not be here until the summer. But nonetheless, Cam Coleman is definitely going to be a guy that I'm looking at all the freshmen. And it's cl- coming in this class. I'm look, and I think when you rank them in terms of who is going to have the best chances to start, it's Cam Coleman. It is it is 100% Cam Coleman. You're getting a talented, uh, one of the most talented wide receivers from the last year's group. I think he was the number two overall wide receiver in class 2024, which is absolutely ridiculous, uh, and for Auburn to pick up because th- that's never happened in my time uh, alive watching Auburn football. And, and I've yet to have ever seen a receiver eclipse uh, four digits on, on a receiving year. So uh, Cam Coleman, uh, an athlete uh, of a wide receiver that I am just excited to watch play, his route running, his receiving ability, his speed, everything about him screams. This guy's going to be a lot of fun to watch, and all you can hope and pray is that the game comes to him quick because mm-hmm. if it does, we're going to talk about him from now until the end of his junior year. <laughs> I I so wish that Perry Thompson was able to enroll early too, because just seeing the two of them, you know, every single week in spring practice, like e- even if they struggle first couple weeks, just having the two of them out there, getting that playbook down, getting those reps down, that's that would just be so much fun to watch. But fortunately, to wait for the summer for for that to happen. But no, I, I love uh, Cam Coleman. I think Cam Coleman's gonna be great. Uh, he's he's just freak. He's an absolute dog. I mean, he's. He's going to be fun. I'm super excited. I'm excited for this wide receiver core as a whole, just kind of getting a whole facelift um, and getting to upgrades all over the field. It's going to be fun to see. Um, you know, Ronaldo Fairweather was fine. Jay, uh, Jay Fair was good. And, and you know, those guys were, were fine. But just having these types of athletes on your field, uh, having these types of guys on your team, it's just going to elevate this whole offense to just another level. So I'm super, super excited about that. Um, my last guy here, we're going to kick inside. Because I love my offensive line, man. I love my big boys, and we're gonna go with uh, with Jaden Muskrat uh, coming out of of Tulsa here. I like 
what Jaden Muskrat can do with his size um, and his athleticism. He It's listed as a tackle. I would really like to see him play inside more. I think just with the size and athleticism that he brings, he'd be so good against the run uh, or on the run as a, as a guard. Um, and I think that he has the chance to – I think the guard spots are – they're a little bit – there's a little bit of a competition there where you can really go in and, and impress and have a really great spring. And you have a guy where, yeah, Jaden Muskrat right now might be someone that you talk about as being more of a, of a secondary position, be more of a backup and a rotational guard, but he could really, if he, if he performs well this spring, he's a guy that I could see just skyrocket and, and go into the starting lineup going into um, a day. And depending on how he performs in a day, which a day is a, you know, a, a little flight football game pretty much, but um, depending on, on you know just how this spring goes out for him, I could really see him take strides and uh, and perform well going into uh, this fall. Yeah, Jade Muscar, a guy who I don't think uh, this offense, everyone on the offensive line didn't really have a great year last year. I think that's kind of what happens uh, in the first year of a of a rebuild. Uh, he, one year one year rebuild after a two year rebuild didn't go well, so the offensive line was not the best. Jade Muscar, uh, a, a pickup that I was excited for when he first got here, but I don't think we saw enough of him. Uh, mm-hmm. Last year, to really like get a get a grip of what he can do, but uh, Jake Thornton is just uh, he is a, a great offensive line coach. That's why Ole Miss was very upset to see him go. Uh, and I'm gonna love to see what he can do with my last guy. I have uh, another transfer uh, from the class of 2024, uh, Percy Lewis uh, out of Mississippi State, a guy you don't have to listen to or watch transfer from the over to the SEC level of play. He's already been here. He is already a guy who can. Uh, meet that level, and he's 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 been at the top of the of the of the level of his position. He is a all SEC honor roll or all SEC honors uh, last year, and a guy who's probably he's gonna if the, if he does not come in day one of spring practice as the starting right tackle, left tackle, there's something up, uh, really, because this guy has got the potential. And I'm not gonna say it because last time I said this exact statement, uh, gonna Britain did not work out so well. Uh, but definitely could be a top tackle that Auburn has seen since in a hot minute. Uh, he just – the size, the power, the speed that you get from a guy his size just off the charts. So look at a guy you have anchored down. You have Connor Liu in the middle, a, a guy who's now going mm-hmm. his true sophomore year who, honestly, if you were to rank the, the centers in college football, I'm sure the true sophomore and Connor Liu would probably be up there in the top bare minimum, bare minimum. I'm going to sound a little biased, top ten. At that position, but Percy Lewis, uh, you got at least uh, two fifths of an offensive line pretty cemented in stone. But and you just got to wait to see how Dylan Wade, Jaden Muskrat, Jeremiah Wright, so on and so forth, all these names, kind of see how they all mer- mesh together as well. But yeah, Percy Lewis definitely a guy I'm looking out for. Uh, and we got a couple of comments and questions about what we were talking about. So let's see, Start, starting off with, uh, start off Connie, kind of echoes your sentiment. Robert Lewis is an interesting pickup to Connie. Uh, and he is, again, just a speed threat wide receiver. Uh, let's go to, to James. I think Scott should move over to his normal position, being Keontae Scott. Moved over from the nickelback position to the star, to star or whatever uh, exactly we're going to be calling it nowadays. But moving out to the outside corner. Uh, I, I don't think that I'm for him changing back. Uh, I, I think that with Kyan Lee being uh, your cornerback too, uh, I don't think you have a real guy cemented to take over the role that you're missing out with DJ James or Nemi Pritchett both going. 
Uh, so Keontae Scott moving to the outside. I don't think he, he didn't play bad against Maryland. I think he played per, very well, but that game overall was just a horrendous, horrendous look for Auburn football against Maryland at Music City Bowl. Uh, I do hope everyone enjoyed their time in in Nashville that day, but uh, I did not enjoy it very much on my couch. That was uh, not a fun day for me. And let's see, uh, fellas, with the addition, this is James Warnett, fellas, with the additions from the transfer portal on defense, how good can this defense be at the moment? I think it's, this defense is underrated, just my opinion. I, I think Auburn's defense is underrated every year, just about. Uh, it's Especially with the additions of DJ Durkin, uh, I, I know that people weren't too keen on the hire, uh, but what he what he did at Texas A&M was very good. Uh, turned those linebackers into pass rushers and mm-hmm. uh, got a lot of sacks from those linebackers. And of course, you're bringing in Charles Allen out of Colorado. Not only are you getting good defensive backs, a co-defensive backs coach, but you're getting a, a, a heck of a recruiter. And then bringing back Wesley McGriff. Uh, and I'm trying to think of all the names on the defense, but the, the coaching staff that Hugh Freeze has uh, brought in for that uh, for the defense of uh, like set in general. It's just ridiculous. Uh, I think that Hugh Freeze is doing a lot of good recruiting off the field, but <clears throat> as uh, recruiting coaching staffs are like a whole other monster. And uh, <clears throat> losing my voice there. There we go. And then the last comment we have before we get into rating jersey numbers: Does Perry have a copy of the playbook now? Basically, could be doing homework before he gets on campus. I, I would not know. Uh, but I would hope so. Uh, but I, I just I would find it hard to believe that they would just give a a guy who's trying to graduate high school another set of uh, another, another set of pages to to study up on for his final exams. The rest of the guys have already have already graduated, but we're still waiting for Perry to graduate in May. And now to move on to the last the, the last thing of our football news before we get into a couple of other things going on. Got some number changes and finalized jersey numbers for twenty twenty four. And what me and Mr. John Lee are going to do here, we are going to go through each jersey change or jersey uh, selection from the newcomers and kind of give a thumbs up, thumbs down ranking or rating of how we think that these jerseys fit on their players. I think I said based on what position, uh, how rare the number is, and a few other things around there, just how how it fits uh, the player that it's got going on, Uh, especially uh, the hype, the hype. That one also took into place. All right, so going with the guys who are coming back from last year who are playing this year, we have Kyan Lee, a guy who was wearing number three last year and is now switching to number four, Mr. DJ James's number. Yeah, I'm going to give that a thumbs up. I, I like the the trend of DBs wearing single digits. I really like it. Um, I, I'm, I'm a very traditionalist guy when it comes to jersey numbers, and so um, – you know, like I don't. Uh, we talked about this on the uh, uh, before the program started here. I can't stand when like linebackers wear numbers in like the twenties and thirties. Uh, that's just me uh, personally. So I might see a, a, a few thumbs down here, but I'm going to give a thumbs up for for Kai and Lee. Yeah, I'm definitely going to be unanimous on that one. I, I love single digits on defensive backs and skill position players. And uh, four definitely a great number if you're an Auburn Tiger. DJ James wore that number. Tank Bigsby wore that number. So on and so forth. Uh, very good number to wear for Auburn Tigers. Uh, now going into an, another guy who's going into his sophomore year, Terrence Love at the safety position, switching from 16 to number five. Yeah, I think it's going to be another thumbs up. Um, I, I really like that. I like having uh, – I think that, that four and five is going to be a really fun uh, little duo to see on TV. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about that. 
So I'm going to give it a good thumbs up. Yeah, as we know, the same reasons as before. Number number five uh, is going to be a thumbs up. Five out of five on changing your number to another single digit. Uh, last two guys, all of them defensive backs, by the way. Cornerback mm-hmm. Tyler Scott, a guy who was a little bit further down on the rotation in the rotation, uh, didn't really get a lot of playing time last year. But his switching his number is switched already. This is third time switching it as a guy who's pretty new to the program. Uh, he was thirty one. He was twenty seven. Now he's going to be fourteen. He should stick with twenty seven. I'm gonna I'm gonna thumbs down this one. Yeah, I don't know. Single digits are awesome. Double digit, uh, like t- tens and teens, only works with some positions. Uh, I don't think defensive back really works with a with a with a fourteen. No, uh, but yeah, it's gonna be my first thumbs down. And then lastly, on the number changes, Caleb Wooden, previously wearing number twelve, switched to number twenty one. Just did a little mirror image of of what number he wore. Yep, and he he uh, flipped the. One two to a two one, and and that flips it from a thumbs down to a thumbs up for me. I completely agree. I, I love the number twenty one. A lot of my favorite Auburn players have worn one of the numbers before. Let's see. Going to you want to do freshman or transfers first? We can do freshman. We'll go freshman. All right, freshman. Starting yeah. off with Laquan Robinson, a guy who I am extremely high on going into this year, wearing number three. Yeah, we'll go thumbs up. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that a two thumbs up because uh, you know, he's one of my my favorite player in this class, one of them. And uh, wearing number three is awesome. Uh, and then we got Bryce Kane, a four-star wide receiver, part of that freeze five. One of the first, one of the I think three wide receivers that picked their number on this list that are already on campus. Bryce Kane wearing number six. I don't hate it. Uh, I prefer to see six on either like a, a edge linebacker or a quarterback, but I can I can rock with six for wide receiver, so I can give it a thumbs up. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up as well. I'm trying to think of all the six numbers I can remember. I think Javarius Johnson was the last wide receiver wore number six, and that was the last year. So uh, I think with the same level of playing style, I think he's about the same height, same speed, probably probably faster than Javarius Johnson, but speedy threat wide receiver. Bryce King number six. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. And now going to the five star. Wide receiver in Central Phoenix City alum Cam Coleman rocking his high school number at number eight, and uh, that was my number that I played with uh, growing up. So that's that's two thumbs up for me. I'm also giving the two thumbs up. Uh, I, I need every I need all the hype in the world for the guys who are who I have since picked to be uh, breakout players in 2024. Uh, now going to the defensive line, got another four star. And Amaris Williams wearing number 10 on the defensive line. I think he's a defensive end. So we're yeah. on the end. Yeah, I, I don't mind defensive ends wearing, you know, numbers like this, the 10 through whatever type range or single digits. So I'm, I'm going to give it a thumbs up. If it was a tackle, I was, I'm going to swing no. Something about D Lyman wearing, wearing like skill position numbers that are always something I, I love seeing happen. Uh, definitely going to be a thumbs up for me as well. And then going to the Jack position. Just the edge rusher position. You got Jamonta Waller, another four star. Uh, Morris Williams and uh, Jamonta Waller also both flips from Florida. Uh, Jack position wearing number 11. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. Another another reason is the first. Uh, skill position players wearing skill posi- D lineman wearing skill position numbers. Always going to be a thumbs up for me. Uh, now, <clears throat> Mr. Quarterback of the future himself, Walker White. Wearing number 11. 
So I, this is a, a pure quarterback number, so it should be a thumbs up. However, I, for whatever reason, have a vendetta against quarterbacks who wear number 11, so I'm going to give it a thumbs down just purely for the number. Is there a reason you have quarterback – you're against quarterbacks wearing that number? I just – I don't know. I've, I've I've grown up with the school over in Athens and, and guys, quarterbacks who wore number 11 um, there. They've just been kind of like – they've been in the hall of kind of good. Um, and so I just like – it feels just like number, number 11 just has like a stigma to it to me that I don't want to see quarterbacks wearing. I'm trying to, I don't think I've, I can quite remember an Auburn quarterback wearing number 11. That comes to my mind right away. I know the closest I've gotten, I think, is I have Bo Nix at 10, the last one that comes to my mind, and then 12 is like Brandon Cox. I don't think I've ever had like a, a number 11, but I'm all for Walker White. Uh, I really wish you could have got his number, though. Uh, number four at quarterback would have been pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then going back to the defensive line, I believe a, I don't, he might be playing interior, but I think he's going to be playing more defensive end. TJ Lindsay from IMG Academy, rocking number 13. Thumbs down. I, I think I can, I can rock with a thumbs down. I think 13 is a weird number. Yeah. It's a very weird number. And I have Ernest Vaughn down here, white with the sticks, starter number. <laughs> All right. And then keeping it with, on the defense side of the ball, the guy who is going to be, and I'm going to go ahead and put this out there, he's going to be my user in college football 25, EA college football 25, is Demarcus Riddick wearing number 16 as a linebacker. I think he's going to be great, and I think that that number 16 is probably going to be iconic if he sticks with it and rides with it for, for the next three to four years with Auburn. But I do not like that number on a linebacker, so I'm going to go thumbs down. I'm going to give it a two thumbs up for that one. Uh, that is uh, – Guy I'm riding high with, and that number's going to be very sick whenever he breaks the uh, all-type Auburn interceptions in a in a career mode on on my dynasty with Auburn football. So, the Rocks Riddick, number sixteen, thumbs up for me. Caleb Harris, out of Thompson, uh, three-star safety, rocking number eighteen. No, that's a thumbs down. Is there a reason for eighteen? That's just that I don't I don't want that on a safety. That just doesn't look right. I can just picture it. I can see it. Just not not in the backfield, not in the secondary. Yeah, I'll, I'll stick away. I think I, I agree. I think eighteen is a. I think eighteen works as a, as a corner. I don't know if it works as a safety. I, I know we've had a couple of guys wear eighteen at, at corner and it looked pretty good, nice. But safety is kind of a weird one. Uh, then you got a guy coming out of Florida, Kinsley Faustin, safety, wearing number twenty eight. I can rock with that. I can rock twenty eight. I'll give that a thumbs up. I'll stick with you on that one as well. Now we're gonna get get to the positions. Uh, that you were very uh, vocal about these uh, before we started the show. Uh, you have Joe Phillips, the linebacker out of, I don't want to say, I'm getting it wrong, I think Booker T. Washington, uh, ring number 31. Uh, I'm I'm just going to go ahead. Our, our next two are going to be linebackers. They're both going to be thumbs down for me. Just straightforward. And I will go against you on that one. Thumbs up for 31 uh, for Joe Phillips. And you have DJ Barber. No linebacker wearing thirty three, and I believe yeah. that's a, that's a thumbs down for you. Yeah, as well. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go thumbs down for that. I would say I think thirty three does work a lot better for certain positions. It uh, does. I think running back it works a lot for uh, Will Hastings, former kicker turned wide receiver for Auburn football a few years back, or thirty three. So thirty three has a special place in my heart. Uh, so I'm gonna give it a thumbs up for that. And speaking of kickers, 
Uh, Towns Magoo out of Auburn High School, rocking number 33 as well. For me, I, I love when kickers just wear like just absurd numbers. So I'm, I'm going to rock with 33. I like it. We're going to give it a thumbs up. I can't go wrong with another kicker wearing 33. Well, maybe Towns Magoo's got some route running skills, and I'm like, well, well Hastings did. Uh, <laughs> and you got defensive back Dre, Jay Crawford wearing 36. I like 36 on a safety. I don't like it on much of a corner. So I'm I'm going to have like a thumb in the middle kind of, depending on, on what he plays more throughout uh, the course of his career in Auburn. I think the level of play that Jalen Crawford is, I think there's a chance. I don't think it's, I think it's like his uh, freshman year number. I don't think that's going to be a number he sticks with. I'm going to give it. A, I'll, I'll give it a thumbs down for right now because I don't think it's going to be the same number he has whenever he whenever he leaves. I think there's been a, there's been a lot of. I think uh, first one coming out is Carlton Davis. He switched his number to six for the last couple of years of his career. I think he was wearing. I think he was wearing like 18 or something. Mm-hmm. But I definitely see this being like that level. Jalen Crawford, I don't believe, is going to be wearing 36 whenever he is, uh, whenever he leaves Auburn in a few years, uh, about three to four, uh, with how good he is. Malik Blockton, out of Pike Road High School, uh, defensive lineman wearing 47. No, absolutely not. Yeah, I completely nope. Uh, that, is a, that is a thing I'm going to see on the Dynasty mode in the College Foot 25, and I am going to change his number right away to mm-hmm. either a 90s or a single digit. Uh, the number That number is getting changed so quick. Uh, you got offensive lineman Seth Wilfred out of Snow College at the JUCO ranks wearing number 65. I can give that a thumbs up. I, I, like, I like 60s and 70s for linemen, so I'm going to give that a thumbs up. 65 is a weird one for me. I'm going to give it a thumbs down. I just – I understand there's a limited amount of numbers, so a lot of these thumbs down are kind of just like a pain to say, but 65 is a weird one. It's just a weird number in general. I don't like – I don't think 65 works in a lot of sports. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to give 65 a thumbs down, but favor Edwin, offensive lineman, we're rocking number 70, I will give a thumbs up to. Yeah, I'm going to give a thumbs up to that. I love – I love 70 is just a, a classic offensive line number. There's nothing – Nothing bad about it. And then lastly, out of the freshman, you have Dylan Gentry, the Central Phoenix City star in the making, walk-on wide receiver, rocking number 89. I can rock with this. I, I like this. This is fun. Like that, To me, that's a, a fun number to give a, a guy, especially someone who's who's going to be a slot guy, that that small 5'9". That's a, a small frame for, for a jersey number that big. I can rock with that. I like that. That's going to be fun. I also give a thumbs up, but I, I think it would have been a lot better if he was wearing a 20s number. Like, it just yeah. that seems so right. Like, if it was like a 27 or a 26, yeah. just rock, rock walking out there when a blowout game. And then last, we got the transfers. We only got a few more left of these. Got starting off with safety, Jaron Thompson, rocking number one in the backfield. I like that. I can rock with that. That's good. It's going to be a thumbs up for me. I always love the single digits. Going straight to next one cornerback out of Alabama, Antonio Kite, rocking number eight. Sure. Yeah. Give thumbs up. Uh, thumbs up for me as well. Single digits are always cool, no matter mm-hmm. what position it is. Uh, Dorian Mousy, the linebacker out of Duke, rocking number 12. See, this is a weird one because I feel like I can rock with 12 as a linebacker. I uh, again that's a that's like a user number. It's like that's mm-hmm. gonna be something if you're gonna if you're gonna be a star, you gotta, you gotta wear the numbers like that. I'm gonna give a thumbs up for 12. And then your boy Robert Lewis out of Georgia State. Rocket number fourteen. Yeah, I can rock with that. That's that's a good that's a good wide receiver number. So I, I can I can definitely give that a thumbs up. 
I'm also gonna give that a thumbs up as well. It's gonna. I don't know how he probably felt. He was. I think he wore number one his entire time at Georgia State, or he was at least known for his number one. I yeah. Can't know if he started with that or not? Uh, but yeah, thumbs up for that. And then you have tight end Rico Walker out of Maryland, rocking number seventeen at the tight end position. That's gonna be a thumbs up for me. That's gonna be a thumbs down for me. I don't like seventeen as a tight end. Fair, fair point. Wide receiver Sam Jackson the fifth out of Cal. Rocking number 18. Sure. For for a wide receiver, I guess that's what we're gonna, you know, that's what Sam Jackson's gonna attempt to do here. So yeah, we'll we'll give him a we'll give a thumbs up for that. Thumbs up as well. Uh Percy Lewis off the lineman rocking number 73, which is gonna be a thumbs up for me because mm-hmm. I love our tackles wear 73. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna rock with that too. And then last two here. I guess I'm gonna combine these two. Trill Carter out of Texas and Gage Keys out of Kansas. Rocking number 92 and 95. Those are big boy defensive line numbers. I'm going to give those thumbs up every day of the week. It's going to be two thumbs up for, for me for the big boys up front because those numbers just absolutely rock. Mm-hmm. And then that's all we have for football outside of the fact that Auburn is going to be in the college football game. I think it kind of gave that away with how we were talking about that. And, of course, I meant to get pictures of it, but Abby did get himself a statue this weekend. So huge ups to the 11-time national champion, Aubie the Tiger. And then before we get to basketball going, I'll let y'all know that if you're watching, thank you for watching live. Thank you for listening in, no matter what, whatever you're watching or listening to, to us on. Uh, make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, leave your thoughts on the numbers. Uh, what's your what's your favorite number to wear on an Auburn jersey? Like if you, if you could make one custom jersey, what number would you pick? Because mine would probably be 23. Uh, just because that's my that's my number from high school. Whenever I played soccer, uh, and I just rock with twenty three in every aspect of my life. Uh, John, would you pick? Uh, you said what was your number? I, I pick eight. Eight's the number that I grew up playing uh, baseball and, and soccer and other sports with. So yeah, eight's eight's gonna be my go to. And uh, for everyone who's missing Carl right now, his would definitely be fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know that for a fact because that is in every single bit, every single one of his uh, gamer uh, gamer tags are have fifteen in the back of them. Uh, because that's just that's just the number he played with the entire time in, in uh, baseball. Uh, but if you've also if you've done all of those, uh, if you're looking for another way to support the show, we have merch. We have a College Loop Feeling Loopy T-shirt, Warport Podcast Network sponsored. Uh, by the way, it is the most comfortable shirt you're ever going to own in your entire life. It's only twenty five dollars, and if you don't want to type in the Warport.com, you don't got to. The link is in the description below. You just click that, and it'll take you right to the shirt, where you can pick one of five different colorways. This shirt is the most comfortable shirt you're ever going to wear, and I stand by that. Uh, I wear this shirt all the time. Uh, it is constantly in my washer. It is constantly in my dryer. It is never not uh, – it, it never stays in my closet for more than a day. It is It is like as soon as it's done, I put it on. And I did, John, you got yourself one as well. Yeah, no, I, I can I can definitely attest to it. It's super comfortable. I wear it all the time. It's it's fun. It's yeah, it, it's a good, it's a good, good shirt. It's a great sleeping shirt. I'll tell you that. Of course it is. It, it's a great everything shirt. You know, with mm-hmm. St. Patrick's Day coming up, we'll see if we can get one in green. Uh, <laughs> but for the rest of but for the rest of the seasons, it, it just works so well. I wore it on date night for Valentine's Day. It's just the best shirt to wear for every single occasion. Then move on to Auburn basketball, Auburn shellacked which is my favorite adjective ever uh georgia last night 97 to 76 behind the likes of 25 points a career night for one chad baker mazara who just played out of his mind auburn's first game without jalen williams 
turned into a blowout for Auburn, and they they got every single bit of production that they were going to miss with Jalen Williams from Cheney Johnson, from Chad, from Aiden Holloway, and from a lot of guys who were able to step up last night. This was exactly, I think, the type of game that they needed coming out of what happened against Kentucky. I think just getting to go in there, they never trailed at any point in this game. Um, yeah, Chad Baker-Mazzara came in, had a fire. Chaney Johnson, I think my, my favorite part about this was you lose a guy like Jay Will, yet to figure out, you know, can can a guy like Chaney Johnson come up and answer the call? And he did. He 100% did. So there's there's nothing uh, about this uh, win that I can take away as, as a negative, really, um, other than they kind of got some in foul trouble early um, with Janai and, and Denver Jones and some others. But um, Aiden Holloway, you know, played played well, was coming, was cooking, and his first game um, coming back from – getting benched for, for the past, uh, what, six, seven games or so. So it was just, this was, this was the type of game and type of win that this team and Bruce Pearl really needed just to kind of say, Hey, what happened last week's in the past? Let's get right. Let's move forward. Yeah. And you can't, if you bring up Aiden Holloway, you cannot mention him enough. Uh, after I, and I, I can attest, I was one of these people, uh, a bunch of people who were doubting his ability to play this year. Uh, I definitely thought it was going to be a year that Aiden Holloway's got to look back at and be like, you know, I was going to need that sophomore year. I'm going to step up and I'm going to go to the draft after so- my sophomore year. And, but he looked he looked like Aiden Holloway of of early on in the season. Five mm-hmm. for eight from the three-point line. That is absolutely ridiculous. And I was going to bring up Chris Causey's comment real quick. What a basketball game. This team definitely stepped up in Jalen's absence. I mean, this team did that and more. Uh, I don't – this is this is one of the best games of, of team basketball I've seen from this team in a hot minute. 16 assists from this team. You got that from Aiden. You got that from Chad. You got it from uh, Katie Johnson. You got it from Dylan Cardwell. You got it from Janiber. You got it from every single player on this team. You missed Jalen Williams, but you picked it up and you just looked like the best. I, I did one of the best teams I've seen Auburn put on the court in the hot minute. And when Jay Will gets back, and I don't know if it's going to be against Tennessee this week, which top five opponent. In a little bit, uh, just on Wednesday, and we'll have a full breakdown of that on tu- on the Tuesday show. But I think you got to rock with the same five. Uh, I and even if, if Jalen's back, then of course you got to put him in. You got to put you got to get Cheney off the bench right away. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't I don't think you can keep Cheney Johnson minutes away from him. Uh, I don't think I, the Cheney Johnson. I've been waiting for so long. How, how many games are we in now? Twenty seven. I've been waiting twenty seven games to watch Cheney Johnson have a breakout performance like this. And he did that uh, 16 points, four rebounds uh, shot six for nine from the, from the field three for four from the free throw line. And of course it, he was one of uh, five tigers to get in, in the foul trouble, which I would say Janai Broom and Dylan Cardwell both in, went into the, went into the halftime with three, three fouls mm-hmm. and did not commit a single one in the entire second half, which I thought was going to be a detriment to Auburn whenever I start, heard that, but, they turned it around, and I mean that the officiating wasn't the best. Uh, I I I don't like women officiating, but since Auburn won, I will say it was terrible. It was god awful. Uh, there's terrible calls, terrible calls, terrible calls. But Auburn Auburn surpassed that. But Tennessee's up next. Yeah, and and hopefully Jay Will can get right. I know they. Uh, I saw some things that he was he was walking. He was putting weight, you know, on his legs. So hopefully he'll be good to go. Um, obviously though, if he's not one hundred percent, and you feel that he could hurt it again and more um, during Tennessee, like obviously you want to beat Tennessee, but there's such a, a larger picture you have to focus on ahead of time. So you know, Jay Will can play cool. If not, 
don't freak out. You still have a, a lot more of the season left to go. Yeah, Auburn sitting there tied for, I believe, third in the SEC, trying to win that regular season title. And to do that, you have to win out, and that means beating number five, Tennessee, and Knoxville. So, yeah, it's going to be a huge, huge barricade to overcome for Auburn uh, in the next coming days because uh, Knoxville is not a place you want to play a very good Tennessee team at. Uh, not really a place you want to play any kind of Tennessee team at, especially under Rick Barnes. Uh, but if this team can stick like this the rest of the season, uh, if if Jay Will comes back and this team still does not skip a beat, even though I, I, I'll say it, Georgia, not the best basketball team in the world. Uh, one of, not, not even, I don't even think they're top nine in the SEC. You're looking at a team that's playing at their highest level of basketball right before the tournament starts, both the SEC and March. If, if Jay Will comes back and this team keeps playing this hot, if Aiden Holloway is finally polished and ready to play as a freshman, I, this this team could be dangerous. But yeah, got to keep you got to keep the consistency up, which very very hard to do this year for Auburn basketball because uh, we've we've had our highs and they have had their lows. So <laughs> yeah, and another team who played two games this week, Auburn women's hoops took uh, LSU down to the wire, who only lost seventy one sixty six in. Baton Rouge, uh, on Scott Grayson put up 28 points against the Bayou Bengals, uh, but could not overcome the likes of this very, very good LSU team, who I believe has been playing some of their top level basketball as well. But Auburn came into this game as a 20 point underdog, only lost by five points. Yeah, I think I think this game was was an impressive showing of just the progress that this team has made just kind of throughout the season. Um, and then we're going to talk about it and what happened today that was just absolutely nuts. But uh, I mean, yeah, honestly, Scott Grayson had a great game today, or, or um, sorry, last week against or was it Saturday against LSU. There's against LSU. Um, the big thing for them is they they couldn't they they struggled getting boards. They struggled getting rebounds um, throughout the game, and they allowed LSU to get to the line too much. They allowed them to to get to the free throw line, and they outshot them in free throws. And anytime you allow a, a team just to get free points from free throws, and a lot of them, that more times than not, it's going to be the downfall and, and kind of the reason why you you get away from this game. Yeah, and uh, just looking at the, the the box score there, LSU forty two rebounds against Auburn's. 28 definitely got affected by the size of LSU. LSU definitely a very tall team, especially with Angel Reese being one of the top players in the sport. And I think Angel Reese is like 6'2, which is massive uh, yeah. for the sport. And uh, Auburn hung in there the entire time and then turned around and today took on Texas AM, a team that's higher up in, in the SC rankings than Auburn is right now, and beat them by 16 points and spoiled the return to Aisha Koulibaly into Neville Arena. And it was just this, – this game was awesome. And you talk about uh, Auburn not being able to get rebounded against LSU, out-rebounded Texas A&M by 11. Uh, it forced 29 turnovers and just an all-route, outright defensive, like, showcase for Coach Jay and company. My favorite thing about this was watching the first half and seeing uh, Jemiah Mingo Young just go – insane absolutely insane it was it was crazy just watching as it was unfolding seeing them because they got down early like they this was they, they got down early they had some turnover problems of their own and then something just 
clicked and it just turned and they were on fire the whole rest of the way. So it was, it was so fun to see that is the type of game you want to see from this team. Um, and, and really their philosophy of like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to get more turnovers than you. We're going to play strong defense. And the big thing for them is not just getting the turnovers, but capitalizing, getting points. That's where you really start to see this, this Auburn women's team sign. So that was a really, really fun outing. Yeah, a huge, huge step up for Oscar Grayson, who didn't have the best night scoring. Uh, Average is 18 a game, but only got nine, but she turned around and she helped with the rebounding side of it. She got seven rebounds. She had two assists. She had two steals. And just this game just shows how how good defensively this team is and how dangerous they can be later on. Because this, I will say it, this team only lost by 20 points to South Carolina, which sounds like a lot. But South Carolina is probably the – will probably hang in with a lot of – men's college basketball teams just because that's how good South Carolina is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then went in Baton Rouge, lost by five, and then took took care of business against Texas A&M. Very favorable end of the, end of the schedule here for, for Auburn women's hoops. Uh, you have Mississippi State coming up next uh, on the 29th, and you have Florida to wrap up the season. Those are two favorable games for, for Auburn. You're playing Mississippi State, who only has a game up on, on Auburn, and you have – uh, Florida, who's a game behind. Uh, so you're playing in the middle. And if Auburn, if I think Coach Jacob finishes that top 10, top eight uh, of, of the SEC, which I think top 10 is pretty much locked in, you're looking at a team in, in Auburn who, uh, just a college in Auburn at this point, that's going to have two teams in that March tournament, which is just absolutely awesome uh, for year three of the Coach J era. Yeah, I've I've been it's been fun to see um, Coach Jay's kind of just whole turnaround of this program. I think her first, I think it's like her first or second game was against Georgia Southern um, two years ago, and so it was it was fun to see. And and part of that game was is there was a, a lack of a of a defensive um, type of of prowess and an emphasis and they just kind of let a lot of, of sloppy things get to them but to see go from that game to two years down the road what they're about to do and, and what they've been accomplished this year it's been really really cool to see yeah it's also been really cool to see auburn baseball as well who are starting off the season five and oh but looks like they might be on the verge of getting their first loss of the season against virginia but let's talk about those first two games again first one against top 20 opponent iowa Auburn took it down, took the Hawkeyes down seven to five in Jacksonville, Florida, with the help of an absolute just like showcase from from Manners, from Bobby Pierce, from Christian Hall. Uh, they just went back to back to back home runs in the seventh and the eighth innings. Uh, and of course, I will say against Iowa, uh, Chase Alsup not the best day. Uh, definitely, he had two. He now had two days, two weekends where he has struggled. Uh, to start off, but also the guy we're we're still very high on. Uh, I think can just needs to get get right. It's still early on in the season, so a loss mm-hmm. isn't going to hurt too much, especially to a team that's number ten in the country. Uh, this is basically a regional in, in the in the second weekend of college baseball being back. Uh, but against Iowa, Auburn held pretty strong, and the bats were hot. Yeah, yeah, and, and early on, uh, start of the year, you you hope that all your pitchers are good to go, they're ready, that they can uh, get to the speed. But sometimes it just takes a little bit, and so uh, for your for your pitchers to to hold in and do what they did was good. But then for the batters to come in, and yeah, they they came in, they've been swinging, they've been hot, um, not just you know going into Iowa, but then we're gonna we're gonna talk about it here in a second what they did to Wichita. Yeah, uh, they handed it to Wichita State, nineteen to eight. Didn't even need the eighth or the ninth inning for this one. 
as Auburn took care of business and beat them by 11. Uh, this started off early. Coop mm-hmm. McMurray, second at bat, uh, or not second at bat, uh, but I want to say fourth at bat, grand slam in the first. And then Chris Stanfield scored on a balk. Bobby Pierce, and I got to be honest, I, I know baseball pretty well. I still don't understand a balk very well. Uh, that is just uh, my uh, my downfall of, uh, of sports. Uh, then you just homers, 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 and Auburn just would not let up until the very end. Uh, you had Jogo playing his hard out as he always does. Let, let up three runs, but in a game like that, uh, I can kind of look past it. Uh, but it's all around this. This game was probably the 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 hottest bats have been this year, and we're only seven games in now. Yeah, the the best part about about this game is is while Wichita was still able to get runs, it was hey they had uh, some response. How are you going to answer back? And they answered back, you know, in in double. And so that was just kind of the best part was you know the the pitching let it get slip away. And at some point when you're up by so much, you know you're not you're not giving them you know your top speed and and throwing your arm out for it. And so. It was just good to see that. I think like in the third, uh, the third inning, they got some runs up. Yeah, they got a, a home run. They got in three runs, and so just how do you respond to that? Well, we're just going to keep tacking on more runs, and we're just going to keep just you know putting you in more and more of a hole. Yeah, and right now Auburn down six to four on top of the ninth of the Jacksonville Baseball Classic Championship. I know the winning team gets a belt. Uh, Auburn currently up at the plate. Uh, if or Virginia currently up at the plate with Tanner Bauman. At, on the mound, uh, already got two outs, hoping to get that last one, and then then now it's all it's going to be all up to Cooper Weiss, Ike Irish, and Bobby Pierce, who are who are the next three up to get Auburn back on top of that game. And I got to be honest with you, I do not like extra innings, so that's uh, that's not keep that's not keep uh, your boy the tank up until midnight again for an, for a baseball game. Uh, let's not do that. Uh, but if that game ends before the show is up, we will let you know about it. Uh, Auburn softball. In their Plainsman invite this weekend, Longwood had to leave early due to something that happened within their program. They had to leave a little early. I don't think anything has been really specified on what that was, uh, but they still played four games. They played against Southeast Missouri State and Northern Iowa uh, in back-to-back-to-back-to-back games. Uh, took on SEMO on the first game and run rolled them in five, eight to zero. Shelby Lowe getting her second win of the year, Auburn just did not let up at all. Annabelle Weidra, Mr. Do It Her, Mrs. Do It Herself, herself, uh, got a home run and a couple of pitches in as well. It just Auburn just looked great in that first game, but I mean that second one. Auburn lost to Northern Iowa four to two. Maddie Penta getting a loss, uh, just a horrific fourth inning for for Auburn and. Uh, this game, this game had some lasting impacts on the fan base because, from what I've been hearing, people were not very happy with how this how this game was managed uh, by the coaches. Uh, just, just having your your best power hitters transfer out, and then you go into a game in Northern Iowa where the bats aren't hitting, and you have games like this. Yeah, I mean. It- uh, a big part of, of of how you get to manage it, I think softball is one of the more difficult um, sports that I imagine to manage as a as a college coach because you do play. You they played four games in the past, whatever it is, two three days, and so um, just getting through it. I mean, it, it, it's tough. It was a tight loss, um, but you bounce back again uh, against CU. We'll discuss that in a little bit, and then um, I don't know if the scores finished up for the game against you and I. Again. It is, yeah, one of. 
Okay. So. Yeah, but then you had day two come out and you took on SEMO again, beat them 13 to five. I had a lot of home runs, uh, home runs galore. You had Amelia Leck in the second. You had Nilia Peralta in the third. You had Maria Pinta, little sister of one Maddie Pinta, get one as well. And I believe she scored uh, twice in this game. Uh, she had fly. She well, she had an RBI. She had a ribby uh, in that game. But then you came back against you and I, a defensive defensive matchup. Uh, you had Nilia Peralta get a, get an RBI, and then that was all she wrote for the rest of that game in the second inning. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maddie Pinta stepped up. I'm, Outside of the the fourth quarter, fourth fourth quarter, fourth inning of that first UNI game, Maddie Penta had an outstanding weekend for Auburn softball. Yeah, no, this this was this was a, a good weekend overall. I'd say, I mean, um, tight pitching for the most part, and and just a, a good solid performance. You hate that your bats were cold uh, against UNI, but that also just could be credit to um, just the defensive of. You know, the defensive ability of you and I it's just to play really strong and, and play really well. So it'll be interesting. It'll be good to see um, just how they're going to respond throughout the rest of these non-conference plays um, going into conference play here pretty soon. Yeah. And it's going to be a, a lot of fun, especially because Auburn's playing Sanford on Tuesday. So that game is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, an opponent that always good on the diamond, always good on the diamond. Uh, and then last bit, uh, because I believe this game is going to go past the Virginia guys going to go past the show. So if you're following on the social medias, we'll definitely have a final score graphic go up for that game and the entire of the Jacks uh, baseball classic. Uh, Auburn gymnastics, the last home meet of the season on senior night on breast cancer awareness night. Uh, Auburn took down number 13, Missouri, by a score of 197.425 to 197, a 4.25 point deficit or win. Uh, Cassie Stevens doing what Cassie Stevens does best, uh, scoring nine nines, winning the all around, uh, a lot of season highs all around the place. Uh, Sarah Hubbard got one on the vault. Sophia, I, it was just uh, Auburn shellacking, if you will. Uh, we'll use that word every single time I am able to. Uh, Auburn just do what they do best, kicking butt on on the mats. Uh, uh, this is the last home meet, so gonna get ready for the last few. Uh, that Auburn will have for the SEC championships and, of course, nationals. If this is a, this is a this is a team that if they can just play all four aspects of of the of the meet uh, at the high levels they can, uh, this is a dangerous team. Uh, we've seen several several outings this year where Auburn had it, but then just something happened in, in the, the later stages, or they started off too slow and it was just. Uh, the vault didn't start off right, so they ended up losing because they couldn't get the scores up from the vault. Uh, so overall, great performance on senior night. Uh, definitely a group of seniors that are, have earned the recognition, uh, especially Kathy Stevens, Araya uh, Brush, uh, and so so many of those girls just are so talented. Yeah, no, that was that was a great way to send off your uh, your home career here at Neville Arena and, and here at Auburn. So it'll be fun to see what they do um, the next few meets on the road, and then and then how that's going to go into uh, into nationals play. Yes, it will, and that will do it for the show. As it looks like Cooper Weiss went up and is on first base. I'm trying to figure out who there was one out. Let's see. Uh, uh, I did not see who it was. But, yeah, that will do it for the show tonight. Uh, if you are following on the social medias, you will see the final score graphics go up for the Jacksonville Baseball Classic. So go follow on there. Uh, John, let everybody know they can love you, find you on social media. 
Uh, you guys can find me at John Lee 49 on all of my social media platforms, uh, X, Instagram, whatever it may be. You can find me on there. Uh, hang out. Let's, let's chat. Let's DM. Uh, if you have a, a take you want to uh, come at me for, go for it. I, I'm all for discussion. I'm all for uh, telling people that they're wrong. So we can rock with it and roll with it. Of course. And uh, John, one, do always say if you were wrong or not. Uh, I know firsthand because some of the arguments we or arguments that we've gotten into uh, <laughs> about football. Uh, but of course, I'm Dylan Lark. Hey, boy, tank on Twitter. That's at Y-A-B-O-Y, the tank is just right, right there. Also, Instagram as well at Dylan Lark at D-Y-L-E-N-L-E-R-C-K. And if you're also looking for me on other platforms, you have me on the College Loop, where you like, comment, and subscribe right here. And, of course, go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, The Works, all of those at The College Loop, Visual Aid up there right above Mr. John Lee's head. Uh, the College Loop, also down there with all the other links in the descriptions. Uh, make sure you get the shirt. Uh, with, with all that being said, if you're touching our faces, we have the audio versions of the show that will be up as well. Uh, but with all that being said, this has been The College Loop Podcast. Thanks for watching.